Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, barbecuers of all ages, Cowboy Cav here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you a caterer, a competitor, a barbecue enthusiast? Myron Mixon has the smoker for you. Check out all their styles at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And don't forget to tell them Mikey K sent you. Do you enjoy this podcast, our blogs? Well, join our growing community of friends over on Patreon and help support your favorite barbecue podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page for lots of videos on different styles of barbecue, different recipes, and the entrepreneurship of barbecue. And now, Here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are hanging out with Craig from Tailgater Magazine. If you don't know who he is, make sure you guys go check them out for sure. Um, Craig, if I'm not gonna if I if I make this mistake, it's Tailgater Magazine. Is it Tailgater Mag on on Instagram or what was the uh, exact well, handle? It's, it's- it's tailgatermagazine.com is the website, and then we got all those little icons on there yep. to click to wherever you want to go socially. Uh, I think we're Tailgater Mag on Facebook, Tailgater Magazine on Instagram, and and I can't remember the others. <laughs> I've, I've got a person that does all that stuff. It is Tailgater Mag on Instagram, so all one word, Tailgater Mag. Um, make sure you guys go give them a follow, check them out, hang out with them on, on, on the Instagram. So... I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us and chatting. Uh, now, what kind of what kind of made you start this magazine? Well, Mikey, it's it's interesting because you know my wife and I both worked in the uh, the corporate world. You know, worked for the man, monkey suit and tie for years and years. And uh, uh, about fifteen years ago, we both uh, you know hit uh, hit the big four zero, and. Kind of just realize, you know, gosh, man, you know, we can keep doing this for X number of years and, uh, you know, play the game or whatever. Or we can actually, you know, for the latter part of our life to try to find something we like to do that, uh, you know, can afford us a, a lifestyle that we like to lead. And uh, we start thinking about some ideas to do, but uh, they, they kind of got thrust upon us a little bit sooner than, uh, than we anticipated. In as much as that uh, my wife worked for a, a telecom company that, uh, that went bankrupt all of a sudden. And uh, how they go from being a, the world's largest telecom company to bankrupt unless the years still boggles my mind. But, uh, you know, hey, if, uh, <laughs> if it could happen to them, I guess it could happen to anyone. Um, and in my case, the company I was working for, uh, they sold and I was one of the executives with them. And so knowing full well that, you know, they were going to bring on their own team of membership, uh, to, you know, kind of run the spot. That's why they paid the money to do it. We're kind of just like, OK, well, <laughs> that decision was kind of thrust upon us. So we sat there. It's like, OK well, what, what do we like to do? And, you know, we, we both like sports. Um, we both like drinking beer. Um, we both like, you know, tailgating at sporting events, backyard barbecue. And if we're not going to the game and having, you know, friends and family over to watch it on TV. So we're like, well, what can we do that incorporates all of those things? And fortunately, you know, my background was in, 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 in advertising and specifically in, in, in magazine publishing. So, you know, I had uh, what I thought all the, uh, the knowledge and uh, wherewithal to, uh, to begin it. So we just said, hey, we looked, see if there was anyone else that was, you know, in this space. And, 
you know, for the first couple of years they were in business, we, we kept worrying that, you know, someone like Sports Illustrated or someone like, you know, ESPN would, you know, come along and, you know, thump us on the head and knock us off the map. Uh, but now we're to the point that we've grown it and, and now it's 13th year of, uh, of being around that, uh, you know, maybe at some point one of those guys will come and look at us and say, uh, we would like to acquire you guys. And so that's the, uh, you know, the ultimate goal here. And if they don't, hey, we'll just keep doing what we're doing until we uh, you, you know, get tired of it or, or too old to do it. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, what the future holds from there. But, yeah, it was just kind of a combination of, you know, what was the, the, the guy from Boston Beer? Uh, you know, if you if you love what you do and you never uh, work a day in your life. I'm going to say it's quite that easy and simple, but uh, it, it's, it, it certainly beats the hell out of going into an office wearing a suit and tie. I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, def- I definitely agree with you on that one. Now, when you guys first kind of developed the concept of it, you were like, okay, cool, we're going to do, the- do this magazine on tailgating and stuff like that. Did you kind of – how did you envision it and how did it change? Because I'm guaranteeing you it does not look exactly the way that you envisioned it. Oh, no. And where it's at today, right? Absolutely. In in fact, I I would almost want to say it's done a a, a complete, uh, you know, 180 almost paradigm shift from, you know, going back to, you know, 2007 when when we first, you know, came out with the idea and and, and published the the very first issue that fall. Um, It was a situation then where the the digital and, and social media side of things really hadn't, um, Evolved, I guess, if, if you will, to the point where, where they are now. I mean, back then, you know, print publishing was still a very viable platform. Um, you know, most of the newspapers were still doing very well back then. Certainly most of the print magazines, you know, when you think of, you know, like I said, Sports Illustrated or People or Time or Newsweek or Rolling Stone or what have you, you know, they all had significant, you know, subscriber bases and uh, ad revenues that were coming in there. And so, you know, obviously over these last, you know, 12, 13 years, a lot of that is, you know, dissolved where you're seeing more on, you know, media spins from the the digital side of things and more on on, on social media and uh, just, you know, kind of. Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. Back in the day, we would you know, would sell advertising packages. It's like, okay, yeah, you buy enough ad space in the magazine, we'll give you all the website and you know internet banner ads and email newsletters and stuff. Uh, you know, is an added value. Now it's got to the point where people say, oh, we're not really interested in the magazine, but we'll take advantage of your social and digital assets. And okay, so you buy enough of our social di- digital assets, they will give you a free ad in the magazine. So it is, like I said, literally a, a 180 paradigm shift from what it was initially. Initially. But we've grown those audiences to you know, certainly on the, with, with our email newsletter that, uh, that we put out because we've got over 150,000 uh, you know, email subscribers that get our email newsletter as well as the digital issue of the magazine. So, yeah, if you told me back then in 2007 that that would have been the case, I would have looked at you like, you know, what are you smoking and, and can you share it with me? Because no way in hell that's going to happen. It, it is crazy how that, that that's that paradigm shift, right? Um, where – before it was like, okay, cool. We want we want to be in the magazine. We want to be in this. We want to be this. And now it's like, well, is the magazine digital? Yeah, exactly. Because I don't exactly. want it if it's not digital. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and, and so again, like I said, we you know went with that flow switch, realizing that we would need to uh, you know develop those platforms. And fortunately, we've uh, been been able to uh, to do so. Now, what was the hardest part about taking it digital? 
Well, it, it, the hardest part was, was trying to how, how to monetize it. Um, because, you know, obviously when you, if you're doing a print publication, you could sit there and say, okay, well, we, you know, we have X number of subscribers. So X number of copies of are being printed in mail. And so here's what it costs to have an ad to, you know, to reach that audience with the digital side of things. It, it's really, you know, your, your costs are at a, at, a, are at a relative minimum, uh, just from the standpoint of, you know, you're not producing a, um, you're not producing a hard copy of anything. It's 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 all out there on the on on the ether. Now there are costs involved in getting because you know you got to pay your writer the same whether it's a printed story or, or a digital story, and likewise with a layout. You know my graphic designer. You, you know like uh, yeah, this is how much we you know <laughs> we we need to be paid for uh, you know for producing the piece whether it's you know in print form or in digital form, but you got to be in there you know a competitive price point. And, and those price points for digital are a lot lower than what they are from, from you know from the print side of things. And so having to find a way to you know see what the market will bear uh, while you know being while being competitive in pricing, but you know uh, trying to uh, create a level of uh, of um, of revenue that you know affords you to be profitable, of course, but knowing full well that you know you can't get it, you can't charge it. At, a digital asset at the same price point as uh, is a print asset because no one pays that much for it. So trying to find that that fine line between okay, what will the market bear, and how do we turn out to you know to make it profitable from uh, you know from from the digital side of things, taking that whole uh, <laughs> you know the, the old print equation, if you will, and, and literally almost throwing it out the window. And and um, I can see how you're you know saying that like that big equation that you kind of have to mess with is you know. It's a whole new space. So what what are people willing to do? Exactly. And what makes sense? Yeah, and, and you're talking, you know, in, in advertising without getting too uh, boring with various terms, but you know, the advertisers are looking on a on what they call a cost per thousand uh, basis. And so, say for instance, you know, if you go to you know a hundred thousand subscribers of of the of, uh, of a magazine, and, and you're looking at a you know at a hundred dollar you know CPM. Cost per thousand for an ad space. Well, that would be a ten thousand dollar ad page. Well, you're not going to get anywhere near a hundred dollar cost per thousand on the digital side of things. I mean, if you can get twenty dollars per thousand, you're you're very fortunate. And candidly, most of the market bears in the you know the ten to fifteen dollar per thousand range. So, you're while well, you may be reaching the same amount of people that you were previously, you're not going to generate anywhere near the the revenue stream that it would from the uh, from from the historical from the print side of things. So it just kind of you you, you almost really have to have two business models. Um, one of them for like I said for the digital social side of things, and then another for the you know, for the print side of things. But obviously, I've tried to merge the two together to where it's all one cohesive unit. To where where at the end the day our subscribers could care less about that all they want to know is like hey what's the new product of the week what's the new recipe of the week and when's my next issue come out <laughs> now how often do the issues come out the magazine comes out six times a year uh okay. monthly so 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 every other month and so you know it's not a situation and i tell this to our advertisers all the time it's not a situation where oh we're not interested in the magazine okay great because that's only six times a year it comes out the other 359 days a year here's what we can do for you on the uh, on the social and digital app, uh, platforms and certainly too if you're interested in doing you know like a regional or national tailgate tour we have the you know 
opportunities to uh, to put that together. And of course, we also do you know a half a dozen probably giveaways during the, uh, the the course of the year that we get our manufacturers involved in. And and uh, so we just you know we just try to keep it fun, keep it something different, and 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 offer the. Uh, you know, offer the marketplaces everything that they seem to be craving these days in uh, in form as far as a turnkey media platform to where we do all the heavy lifting for them. All they have to do is just agree to a price point with us. <laughs> all they have to do is just agree to that little price point. Now, right. I mean, it, it, it sounds so simple that way, doesn't it? It make you do you make it sound so simple? But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that, that's great. That's exactly what you, you know, that's your job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, everything is, a, you know, a negotiation. But uh, like I said, entering our 13th year now, we've, you know, we, we know what our, our, our sweet spots are. And, and, and certainly, you know, we can go to, you know, a, a bigger company, if you will. And, you know, I'm not necessarily going to name main brands or anything. But, you know, you got a big company that's nationally well known and they have a big, you know, advertising budget. Obviously, you can put a different price point in front of them as opposed to a guy who's you know, makes grills in his, you know, welding shop in the backyard of his house, you know. I mean, you can't uh, try to expect them to pay the same price point that uh, someone like a, a big national company will. So so we run the gamut on uh, – on, on, on the types of advertisers that uh, you know they come across, and, and if you look in our magazine, I, I think it reflects that. I mean, we have you know some of these national brands that, that you've absolutely have seen and heard before, um, and then we've got some that are just like you know, like I said, some of the the, the smaller uh, moms and pops that have, that have popped into the marketplace, and and by you know we go Mikey to uh, you know a couple of different trade shows a year, which a lot of our advertisers or exhibitors at these trade shows. And then I've also met, you know, a good number of companies that have done some business with us by going to, uh, well, well the, the event where I met you, the, the National Barbecue Association. Yep. Uh, that's a great, great community that, uh, that I'm so glad I, uh, uh, you know, became involved with them. And, and in fact, I uh, Byron Mixon was the one who uh, had, had introduced me because um, I had uh, I had met Myron when he uh, – he was in Dallas. Uh, this is like three or four years ago when he first came out with, the, with with his first go around of pellet grills that he was trying to do, and they, and they, were, and they were going through Sears at, at the time. Yep. And um, which he is was telling, pretty much gone. <laughs> telling, yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's go you, figure. Another big company you don't think is going to have a problem? Then whoops, there you go. But. Um, Mine was saying, "Hey, are you going to?" Because we were at dinner, and this was like it was like in January, three or four years ago. And he's like, "Are you going to the uh, the National Barbecue Association convention?" And I was like, "I've never even heard of the National Barbecue Association." I, said, like, I have like, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I said, "Is that like KCBS?" And he goes, "Well, it's not quite as big as KCBS, but it's you know kind of I guess along those lines, if you will." And he goes, you know, you ought to consider going because it's in you. And this is Tip of Myron. He says it's in your damn backyard. <laughs> and so that, I, you that know, that's exactly something Myron would say. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so you know, I googled on my phone while he you know went ran to the restroom. I was like, oh hell yeah, it's in Fort Worth, which is where it was that that first year that I went. Yep. And that was three years ago. So uh, this the show I went to this year in Kansas City was was the third year that uh, we've been involved with them. But long story short. Um, most of the people that are uh, NBBQA members have had the chance to uh, you know, get the digital issue of Tailgater magazine. And so we have a, a good audience size that, uh, you know, that come from, uh, from, from that group. And then after I you know, 
worked that with the with MBK, I, I reached out to Kansas City Barbecue Society as well and said, you know, hey, we'd like to be able to, you know, offer a way for you guys, for your members to, uh, you know, to get Tailgater Magazine. So we, we've done a pretty good job of penetrating, you know, both of those markets because when you look at them, it's those guys that are out there cooking at these contests and, and uh, you know, events uh, day and out. Are they tailgating? They're absolutely tailgating, man. I mean, they're probably like the epitome of tailgating. Uh, it's just not at a sporting event. It's at, it's at a food competition, which I guess is, is a food sport event, if you will. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's right up in our wheelhouse of who our perfect subscriber is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you're, you're technically looking for, right? Not, I mean, you know, the, those people that are enthusiasts about cooking outside, hanging out, drinking beer, having a good time, and that, you know, a lot of those guys do go tailgate at at sporting events also. Well, yeah, it's, they, they do it at sporting events, but even, you know, when they're doing these, you know, like these state cook-off associated events or like yep. any of the Kansas City Barbecue Society events, I mean, you pull up to one of these and there's, you know— dozens if not hundreds of people that are all sit there they've got their grills set up they've got their generator set up i've seen several situations you know where they've got tvs on to where whatever the season is they've you know got something going on tv and they're out there just cooking and grilling and smoking and drinking and having a good time and then that's that's that is the essence of tailgating it doesn't have to be at a football game or at a nascar race or a baseball game it's just wherever i always tell people you know people say well what what is tailgating i was like man it's it's two or more people gathered together to celebrate life with food and drink that's what tailgating is pretty much yeah (laughs) i mean i don't know that you could say it any better you know what i mean that that's exactly what it is yeah and and whatever else is you know whatever floats your boat because i've had people come to mike and say They'll say, oh, tailgate, or oh, we really don't tailgate. I'm like, well, do you have friends and family over for like a backyard barbecue and watch the Oscars? They're like, oh, yeah, we, we do that in the Academy Awards and or we'll watch you know, movie night or whatever. I was like, well, you, you're tailgating. You just, you know, people just have the, uh, you know, perception that it has to be tied around with a sporting event. It it doesn't have to be. I mean, that's what most people think of it as. But uh, like I said, if if you're having friends and family over and you're barbecuing and grilling out in the backyard, you're tailgating. Other people call it home gating, but same thing. (laughs) I think think the thing that most people think, like, when they associate tailgating right away is that they have to go to a – they have to go to a stadium. They have to go. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that's what they really associate tailgating with is going to that stadium. When we're we're honestly and getting you know not saying that it's not tailgating or it is tailgating in a sense. If you're going and cooking anywhere else, if you're going and hanging out somewhere and doing all that stuff, you're doing the same thing. You're just calling it something different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. Most people think, uh, you know, oh, gosh, it's got to be a football game. Well, for us, man, it, you know, tailgating is year round. And, it, and it's not about, you know, whether it's a football season or baseball season or it, it's whatever the season. And, and, you know, fortunately, you know, I live in Texas. And so the weather doesn't get too cold during the the winter or if it does just, you know, be patient in the next day it'll be 70. Um because, you know, my grill, there, there's not a month that goes by. In fact, I dare say there's probably not a week that goes by that my grill is not put to use. And, and I say my grill, I've 
got like 10 of them. So <laughs> I don't use all of them all at once, but uh, I'll, I'll you know, use my, uh, you know, use my favorites. Uh, like I said, there's very seldom those will a week go by and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, November, December, January, or February. Now, man, you're getting outside and enjoying it and, and having fun with it. And uh, that, that's what it's supposed to be. Don't, don't let the weather limit your uh, limit. Don't think that it limits you is your, your imagination on it. That's absolutely true, and I'm I'm a firm believer in a lot of people. You know, they're like, "Oh, it's barbecue season." I go, "I don't understand that. It's it's all year round." Yeah, absolutely, it is. And then you know, from that perspective, okay, if you got to throw in a sport event, I was like, okay, well, let's uh, let's start with January, okay? So you got you know the the NFL playoffs and a couple of college bowl games are still around. Uh, the NASCAR kicks off in February. You know, baseball kicks off in March slash April. And then the, all those sports still carry through till uh, you know, till uh, college football starts in August, NFL in September, and then through the playoffs and Super Bowl in, in Jan and Feb, and then you know the cycle repeats itself. So yeah, so you got you hockey get, in there. Don't forget hockey and, and hockey. Yes, yes, for I, hockey. I was remiss. I will, will, will candidly admit that you know, growing up in, in Texas, we didn't have a hockey team until long after I had uh, graduated from, uh, from from well, not only from high school but from from college. I don't think the Stars moved down from uh, from Minnesota to like I want to say ninety two or ninety three. So I think it was uh, ninety three, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, well, it's it, it, in, in that time frame. And uh, while I uh, I will candidly admit I'm not a huge hockey fan, uh, I, I obviously am aware that uh, you know the, the the Stanley Cup has started and uh, Boston and St. Louis are are playing. Which interestingly enough, uh, those two cities are the only two franchise or the only two cities in the U.S. where the teams have played in each of the four major professional sports championship games you had the you know the rams when they were in st louis and the patriots in 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 the super bowl cardinals and red sox in multiple world series and of course bruins and and, you know the hockey obviously repeating itself but this isn't the first time they've met and then the old st louis hawks and the boston celtics in the nba finals in the uh, late uh, 40s and 50s time frame back back when st louis had a basketball team <laughs> but, yeah. but that's a trivia question to put to, to put away in your uh, your your hat of knowledge that uh, yeah they would what are the uh, only two cities and played all four professional sports uh, championship games st louis and boston boom there you are <laughs> See, and, and, and you know what? That That's a bar trivia question that wins you shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I would just hope if I, on the offhand chance that ever in a situation that comes up that my, my brain would be functioning enough to to remember that. To actually you, get that one? Yeah, be like, oh, shit. It's like, come on, dude, you know the answer here. <laughs> yeah. I, I would probably, uh, I would know it and it would come to me like, after I got home, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that, that, like I said, I, I, I'm I'm here free forming it now, and it, it comes to me. But yeah, I put it on the spot. I probably uh, uh, I know it, but I I can't remember. <laughs> but you know, we'll we'll see if that ever comes up. So now with the tra- like with this transformation from going from print to digital and all that stuff, what would you say is your readership that actually still likes it printed? We, we've got almost a hundred thousand print subscribers, Mikey. Um, which, okay. which I'm 
very, very proud of, of, of that number. Um, I think and, that's uh, awesome because I think, I think there is still a crowd. There's still a, a, an amount of people that like that, that physical feel to it. You know what I mean? That want to sit down and they want to read it. They want to look through it. They want to flip those pages. Absolutely. It, 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 you know, it does probably skew a, a little bit older audience like myself, but, you know, from that standpoint is, you know, if, if you're like anyone else, it's, you know, still, you know, going through the, you know, through the daily job. I mean, you, you sit there, you're at, you're at your computer, you're at your monitor, you're on your smartphone or your tablet, literally from, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning to whatever time you shut it down at, at the end of the evening. And it's just nice to kind of, you know, get away, if you will, from, you know, from that and just take a break. It's like, oh, yeah, this is how we used to do it, you know, back in, you know, the 80s, the 90s and the early 2000s, <laughs> back before, you know, back before this whole Internet thing even existed. Uh, you know, here was a way to, uh, you know, to keep yourself entertained and uh, it, and it worked fine. So, uh so yeah, it's uh, we're we're definitely proud of that that number, and not to mention it's uh, it, it's a good revenue producer for us as as well. And it definitely, like you said, you know, it is a very interesting um, kind of market because it's it, it's changing, but the old old market kind of is sometimes is still there. Well, it, it is, and, and but like I said, we, we, we keep it, you know, we keep it where we've got you know, both options available to, you know, for our audience. Okay, you want it digitally and socially, boom, here it is. You want it old school style, hey, we got that for you as, as well. But in either case, you know, however you prefer to receive your, your information, the, the key thing is, is that, you know, we, we just try to keep it interesting and real. And, and one of the things, you know, that, that people, I think I'd allude to someone, you know, or mentioned earlier that, you know, people are like, oh, well, we don't really tailgate. But it's like, okay, well, do you, you know, do you like to eat and drink? <laughs> you know, yeah. Very, very, very seldom will you get anyone that says no to, to that. And I say, look, here, you know, take a look at our food and rest, you know, food and drink recipe section. And people are like, oh, wow, this is really, you know, gosh, we didn't, we, we thought we were just talking about sports. And like, you know, really, we, I mean, we do have stories about sports in the magazine, but really, it, it's it's more about how to throw the best tailgate or backyard barbecue party that you could possibly do. And so, yeah, keeping it real with with the food and drink recipes and and, and some of the products, man. I mean, that's I just amazed with some of the, the ingenuity that uh, of the, some of these products that, that that come out that lend himself to where, yeah, you can absolutely use it in the backyard, but you can also very easily put it in, you know, in the trunk of your car or in the back of your pickup truck, whatever it is you drive. And if you're going to go, you know, tailgating at a Chicago Bears game or going to be going tailgating at, you know, uh, University of Illinois or where it yep. is that you may be going, that the products are so versatile that, that, that lend themselves to it. And I just got, you know, I just got to mention a couple of my favorites here because I mentioned I've got, you know, a good number of grills in my backyard. But one of my favorite ones, it's it's a it's a pellet grill by this company called Green Mountain Grills. And I, I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but I'm, I have. I was going to say, but I'm guessing that you probably have. And, uh, you know, they got this little it's called their Davy Crockett uh, tailgate model. And it's got these legs that will fold up that you can use as, as a carrying uh, handle, if you will. Uh, the thing weighs, I mean, it's not light, but it's, you know, like 60 pounds. So it's not, you know, I mean, you can, one person can easily carry it. And it is just 
It's one of the coolest grills. It's so versatile that you have you actually taking a pellet grill to uh, you know your tailgate and, and, and setting it up there, and uh, and then you bring it back home and put it in your uh, you know put it in your backyard. So it's it, it goes well on, uh, on on both of those. And then this other product I'll mention, um, it's called the Beefer, and I, I can't remember their website, but if you just Google the Beefer, it, it'll pop up. And we met these guys at the at the Hearth Patio Barbecue Expo a couple of years ago. They're from Germany, but they the owner or the, or the inventor of the product had come to the U.S. and it had a, a steak at Pete uh, Luger's Steakhouse in in, in in Manhattan, and was just you know mesmerized of how the steak came out. And they asked, yes, you know, hey, how, <laughs> how I've never had a, a steak that had you know this crust. On it, and they're like, well, we cook it at like fifteen hundred degrees, and it just pretty much sears it, you know, in, in a couple of minutes or less. Yep. And so he, from that standpoint, was you know hell bent and intent on coming up with something that the consumer could use to create a steakhouse quality type steak. And damned if they didn't, he didn't come out and make it. I mean, it looks like almost like a big toaster oven, if you will. Yep. But and you just slide it in. Yeah, exactly. So you so you've seen it, okay? Yep. Um, and uh, you know, I got one, and I was like, oh, "There's no way it's going to cook it." But man, <laughs> that thing cranks up. I mean, I didn't have it stick a thermometer in there to see if it was 1500 degrees, but you could feel the heat coming off of it. So if it wasn't 1500, it's probably pretty you know pretty close. And I think it's pretty damn close. Yeah, <laughs> without it, it, really uh, without putting something in there that that would tell me. Considering I'm, I don't have a thermometer that could actually read that. Read that, read that hot. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if uh, I'm, I'm not aware of one in the barbecue industry that would read that high and although not I'm, melt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, although there, there there probably is one out there, but I, I've never seen it. But uh, so yeah, so so that thing, the, the the small version of it is is portable, so where you can just you know can take that to a tailgate, and and yeah, it will cook a steak really quick. But um, I've seen it cook other things as well, and uh, you, just, you know, turn down the heat a little bit if you want to cook. You know, I, I've I've cooked salmon on there, cooked chicken on there, cooked hamburgers on there. Um, we were at the World Food Championships uh, last year, and uh, they had a, a kind of a, a little sides competition, if you will, there at the World Food Championships yep. of create, you know cooking your own you know full meal there to where uh, someone did uh, potatoes on there, some other had you know asparagus, and so it was literally a, you know you cook just about anything on there. Just don't me I want to cook it at fifteen hundred degrees, but uh, it might not be the best idea. No. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Um, but just, you know, th- those type of products that, you know, as far as for, for, for grilling, uh, it, it definitely caught my attention. And then just, you know, from the standpoint back, it just, you know, getting your, you know, a, a tailgate kind of set up, if you will, it's that, uh, you know, you, depending on how much you, money and time you want to invest in it, I mean, you can create an environment there with a tailgate with, you know, w- with a generator, uh, so you obviously have you know power um, to you know to set up a TV there. Um, they've got these portable satellite dishes 
Uh, in fact, DirecTV and Dish both offer it, but 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 with Dish, I know specifically, you know, as long as you're a Dish customer, you can do a pay-as-you-go program. And let's just say, oh, I'm just I only want to use that just during football season. So for months of you know September, October, November, December, you just pay for the four months, and you can sit there and watch you know Dish satellite television right there at your tailgate in the parking lot of the of, of the stadium before you go into the game, and then come back out and hang out with her, you know, after. And so they, they've got these, you know, these these amenities that literally just make it like, well, gosh, I'm almost to the point where you don't even need to go to the game. You know, <laughs> if you just want to have the you want to have the game experience, you can have the game experience of being in the parking lot, but have all the creature comforts of uh, of, of home without having to pay the exorbitant, you know, <laughs> uh, ticket prices and, and even more outrageous uh, beer, beer and food prices once you get inside the stadium. So now. I want to ask you this question. I think it's going to be a fun rabbit hole question to kind of go down. If you had to name your top three things that you need at every single tailgate, what would they be? Well, it's you, you absolutely have to have a grill. Um, you, and the two that I mentioned are, are two great examples. Although I would put a Big Green Egg has a, one of their smaller, I think they call it the Mini Max. The Mini Max is awesome. I own one. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, I would put the Minimax up there as uh, as, as another uh, you know kind of tailgating go to, if you will. And if you uh, pair that with a Kickash basket, um, yes, absolutely. Really, because the big thing for a lot of people are like, well, you know, my my Minimax, the the Kamado style cookers hold heat for so long, it you know it, it gets hard. And I go, you know, if you pair it with that Minimax, or if you pair that with that a Kickash basket. What you can actually do is pull that kick-ash basket out with all that charcoal in there and and basically dump it into water. You're, you're, you're going to kill that charcoal. As soon as it dries back out, though, it'll be fine. It'll relight out. Uh, right. so it's not going to really soak in that water like, like real wood will if you don't leave it in there. Right. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it not like real wood because charcoal is real wood. But uh, – but once you once you pull that out, you know, and leave that cooker open, empty for you know twenty minutes, it's gonna it's gonna cool. Yeah, down. it's cooled down big time. Quite, absolutely. quite, it's cooled down enough to where you can definitely put it away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so so you know, you you've got to have a grill, and then of course you you you've got to have a cooler because how else are you gonna keep your uh, your drinks cold? Um, and then uh, for. Again, depending on what you know, if you have it, then a generator, and then that gets a whole other list of, of, of things that you can go in there. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to bring a generator, then you're probably going to have a TV, and if you're going to have a TV, you're probably going to have the satellite dish. And of course, you got to have your you know your your your, your chairs and places sit and, and that. But uh, but then it goes you know a whole list of yeah you know, you know going down a rabbit hole. It's like. I always get myself. I keep all my stuff together, kind of like as a go bag, if you will, ready so that I don't have to sit there and say take inventory every single time. Because you know the, the key to any successful tailgate, Mikey, is is, is preparation and, and, and organization, and that's you know knowing everything that you're gonna need for a tailgate. Because you sit there and it's like, okay, yeah, we've got you know we've got our grill, we've got our cooler, we got our you know TV setup and whatnot. But it's like, no, man, you, you know you need you know paper plates. Paper Paper towels, uh, trash bags, you know, something to wash your hands with. Uh, you know, the funny thing so- is, the, the funny thing you say in that, um, 
I, I we used to do this thing called Manbecue, and it was a lot of fun. And they would do about four times a year. It would be a coedicue where it would be guys and girls hanging out together. And I mean, you it, girls could come at any time, but normally it was just you know your guys' night out hanging out. And we started all joking. We're like. You know when the girls come out, we don't forget as much shit. And they're like, what do you yeah. mean we don't forget? And I'm like, well, you guys normally bring the stuff that we really should bring. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, like that plates and napkins. Exactly. And, you know, Utensils. Things that people really need. Yeah. <laughs> things, things that you're like, oh, yeah, gosh, man, I wish I'd thought about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, but see, I, so I, I keep all that stuff, though, kind of like in just in a in, – in a, I've got these big – I will say not Tupperware because they're not Tupperware, but storage crates, if you will. The, you know, you know, snap, you know, plastic storage crates got snap-on lids or whatever. And I got like you know three of them that I keep in my uh, in, in my little storage shed. So I've got everything in there that you know that I need. You know, spatulas, tongs. I mean, you know, the stuff that you don't think about, and, and, and trash bags being one of the kid ones. Who's like, okay, yeah, guys, we've made a big mess here. So you know, our mom, our mom's not here. Who's cleaning up after us today? I, I think that's know. a big one. Trash bags. I don't think a lot of people think about that because it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go do this. We're gonna do this, and then it's like, okay, cool. Where are you gonna put all those cans? Where are you gonna put all those bottles? Depending yeah. on if you're drinking cans or bottles, um, yep. you know, where are you gonna put the paper plates that you just ate on? Um, yep. Where are you gonna put anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, and and so so like I said, you know, I, I keep those like you know, I got three big tubs full of stuff, and so. You know, when we get back from the game, well, usually by the time we get back from the game, I'm wore out. I'm not going to do it that night, but the next day or two, or certainly before <laughs> heading out again, I'll go through there. It's like, okay, just, you know, here's what we use restock it, replenish it, restore it, snap the lid back on, and, and, and you're good to go for, for the next game. So, you know, I've been doing this long enough and have been to enough. You know, I, I think I've tried to kind of add up over the years how many, you know, of sporting events uh, that I've been to in my life. And it, I know it's somewhere in, in the neighborhood of between 750 and a thousand. Um, yeah. It, it, in, in that range. But the you know, part of that is, you know, living here in, in, you know, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I mean, you, you've got the Dallas Cowboys here. You've got the Texas Rangers here. You've got the, the NASCAR track here. Uh, there are three major colleges within, you know, 20 miles of here. My alma mater, I went to Texas A&M. It's about a two and a half to three hour drive down there to go to a game. So there's no shortage, you know, of opportunities, you know, to do so. Uh, and not to mention the, the entire uh, concert scene, which is a, is a tailgating experience kind of, you know, of, of its own. Not necessarily so much of what you think as far as, you know, just traditional, oh, let's break out the grill and stuff. But really more kind of just, you know, drinking beer and hanging out in the parking lot before the show starts kind of thing, um, which I love going to uh, to concerts. Uh, we, we went and saw uh, Shine Down and See there the uh, night before last, and we got tickets for Corn uh, and Allison Chains are coming in and uh, uh, Breaking Benjamin and Chevelle and Three Days Grace and Slipknot and Volbeat. All the, you know, I mean, if they're a concert coming through, they're going to come through Dallas. And, and, and that's, like I said, that's a whole other tailgating experience. Absolutely. Now, what would you say? What we're gonna go football here? Which where do you where do you enjoy tailgating more, professional or college? Oh, c- college by far. Now, college. why? 
Well, uh, multiple reasons, but primarily because college will let you in the parking lot long before professional uh, sports teams will allow you in the parking lot. Um, Well, you can get like RV parking maybe at some of the lots, both college and pro, and you can get in like the day before. But if you're not paying to be and don't have an RV, which uh, uh, it puts, I, I'm in those ranks. I don't have an RV that I go tailgating in. Got a suburban that holds a bunch of shit, but it's not an RV. But uh, for instance, it, it, in a college game, I mean, you could start you know setting up your tailgate literally at you know seven o'clock in the morning, and it may not be a seven o'clock uh, kickoff that evening before the kickoff. So you could be there all day. Um, very few pro teams, and I, I've been to a number of different NFL stadiums uh, as well as a number of different major league baseball stadiums. But most of the NFL teams, they won't let you in the parking lot. Like uh, I think it's five hours before kickoff. And so, you know, yeah, you can be there ready to pull in the parking lot. You know, if it's a uh, you know if it's a you know noon game, yeah, you can you know, pull in the parking lot. You know, seven that morning, but. Uh, you know, five hours is not uh, five hours isn't all day. And if you have the three o'clock game, or you know, heaven forbid, you're on you know Monday night football or the Sunday evening game, yeah, you think they okay, yeah, the Sunday evening game it comes on at you know seven o'clock or seven thirty, whatever, and so we can get there early in that morning. No, they won't let you in until like two in the afternoon, and it's and so you can't really get the full you know the full day, if you will, the full experience. And so, you know, so therefore, you know, doing anything, you know, low and slow is, is going to be out of the question. I mean, you, 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 if you got there early, got set up, yeah, you might could do some ribs, but, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do, you know, uh, you know, a Boston bud or, or, or brisket or yeah, you know, nothing, nothing that's going to take that long. Um, but, uh, so yeah, you, you got to plan a little bit different in according, but, uh, again, it's, you know, just, just the atmosphere alone is for, for college is, 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 is so, so much better. So, so different. Um, now do you, we, is there a reason for that? I, you know, I, 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 I think it's just more of, uh, uh, I think fans are just more passionate uh, about, uh, the, Innocence, if you will, perhaps maybe of college sports versus the the business atmosphere of, of professional sports, and, and that you know I may I may be making this up. I don't know. It just all I know is I've been to, <laughs> I've been to enough pro football games and I've been to enough college football games, and again I may be you know probably a little bit uh, uh, on the conservative side of things here on the pro side of things, but. Dallas Cowboys are, are not a good tailgating environment. Um, at their old stadium, it was decent, but I've been to other stadiums that are way, way better than, than what, uh, what what the Cowboys were. At the new stadium, and I say new, how it's in its 10th year now, but where they play now, uh, Jerry Jones has made it almost it, – he's so restrictive on the lots that you can tailgate in and even in the areas that you can tailgate in those lots but if you don't back up to like a spot uh, you, you have to be in a spot that backs up to grass okay so you have to be like a one of the outer perimeter spots if you get a spot in the middle you, can, you can't tailgate there they won't let you is so, it just because like do you think it's insurance uh, no it's because he wants you in there paying uh, uh, $12 for a beer and $18 for a margarita <laughs> 
<laughs> and there's that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't want you uh, sitting out in the in the parking lot, uh, eating your own food and, and drinking your own drinks. He, he wants you to pay for them. Uh, one thing I will say about that guy, like him or hate him, um, and whether the Cowboys are ever going to make it back to the Super Bowl again, I'm beginning to, to, to wonder. But uh, the man knows how to make money, and uh, he, he he will go up after every dime you can get. But Go back to your original question of, you know, is college or pro better? I've been to some pro stadiums that, that blow the Cowboys scene away. I mean, the, the I've been to a Raiders game. I've been to 49ers game. I've been to New York Giants games. And, and the, the tailgating atmosphere there is, is way better than what it is at, uh, at Cowboys Stadium. But even then, like I said, none of it compares to uh, to what it is in, in, in college. And I've, I've been to some big college tailgates. But I will candidly say, and again, you know, probably a bit biased here and a bit of bit of a homerism. But uh, you know, like I said, I, I went to Texas A and M, but we were down there for the A and M Alabama game. This is about five six years ago, the year right after Johnny Manziel had won the Heisman Trophy and it beat Alabama in Alabama. Alabama's coming back for the rematch it, it, here in Texas, and we had named uh, well, we had done our, our annual top 25 college tailgates issue of the magazine and that year we had named Texas A&M our, our top school and there's a number of reasons why we do that but trust me I got a lot of grief on that I was like of course you named it your school that's where you went to school I was like yeah it's the first time we've ever named them but anyway we got a call from the uh, the athletic department there at A&M saying hey we saw we were there could you bring copies of the magazine down and we'll help you you know distribute them and I'm like well, I didn't print a ton of extra ones because <laughs> they're, they're expensive, but sure, I'll bring down what I can. And so we get down there and meet this guy, and he's actually – his title for the athletic department is director of tailgating. I was like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> where, where was that job when I was you know, just getting out of school? I think I could have signed up for that pretty quickly and easily. But uh, I, I, we got down there, and the place was just packed. Now, you got to realize, you know, A&M is, is a pretty good school. I think it's like the fifth or sixth largest uh, public university, something like 55, 60,000 undergrads there. The stadium holds about 105,000 people, so it's one of the bigger stadiums in the nation. But I asked the guy, I said, how many people do you think are here for this game? And he said, by our estimates, we've got over 200,000 people that are here for it. And I'm like, uh, they know the stadium alone is like 105,000, right? <laughs> He goes, I don't think some of these people are planning on leaving the parking lot. And and it was just the craziest, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in, in my life. It was just, I had been, I, you know, like I said, I went to school there, graduated there, been to games there. You know, I've been to 100 games down there. I'd never seen anything that was as just wild and crazy as, as that. And, uh, yeah, they were people that were just, no, we're set up here. We've got it on our TV. We've got our generator. We've got our drinks. We've got our food, our grill. We're fine watching it right here in the parking lot. And uh, and, and they did. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's a different experience, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder what the delay is. In the sense of if you're watching it on TV, you hear it in the stadium, and then you're, you you got to be oh, yeah, like, oh yeah. shit! It's, you know, like it's it's just a few seconds. It, it's it's not. I, I don't even think it's like five seconds. You know, it it it, it, it mean it may be you know seven seconds or something, but it, it it's not uh, it, it's not very long. It really isn't. See, but that that would bother me. Oh, yeah. that would so bother me. 
<laughs> because I, I'd be, I'd, I'd be that person. I'd be like, okay, something just happened. Shit. Like then you like, you know what I mean? Like it's so much different. Yeah. Well, but, it, but then in the amount of time you just said that, boom, you, you're, you're seeing what happened. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it is a, I, you, I think what well, I'll put it this way. I, I think if you had enough beers, you probably would get adjusted to it. Or maybe, maybe it helps. You know what I yeah. mean? Where it's like I've had enough beers, and okay, okay, I can pay. I'm, I'm, I'm paying closer attention. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in tune. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, I'll focus. Okay, I'll focus. <laughs> absolutely. Because I think that might be the hard thing. Well, once you've been doing it all day, I mean, yeah, focusing well, might be a little difficult. Yeah, it, but that's uh, yeah, but that's what it's for, man. And and like I said, it's just you know, we we go out there, you know, try to have fun, you know. Obviously, you know, I was saying, you know, are there any rules to tailgating? Well, you know, <laughs> there's there's a few. Don't you know. be an asshole. Yeah, that's yeah. I was gonna say, don't don't you know don't you know offend anyone if you if you can help it. Uh, pick up after yourself. That's uh, that's, that's a big that's, one, right? And then uh, number three is just you know don't don't go to jail. <laughs> yeah, try not to go to jail. That 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 definitely takes the the, the fun out of it. So, uh, but no man, it's we've found it that most of the people that I've read across in, in the parking lot, man, there's you know I mean you may not know them, but you know if they're your next door neighbor and they're like, oh man, dude, I you know. <laughs> We forgot paper towels. Any chance you guys got a, you know, some napkins or paper towels we can borrow? Or oh man, we've got our trash bags and like oh, ice, ice. Another thing that people like. How much is too much? Can you can you have too much ice? No, you can never have too much ice. Uh, I, ice goes quickly, and uh, especially if you're serving uh, any kind of uh, you know drinks that, uh, that that need ice. So uh, I always tell people it's like. Get out of your bags of ice you think you're going to need, and then get like two or three more because you'll go through them, and then you'll you'll thank me afterwards. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I think it. You can always, you can always use more ice. Yep, absolutely. But then like I said after after that, Mikey, the the rest of it's just being organized and and and, and prepared. And you know I, I tell people like, well, what's what's the best tailgating spot to get at, at, a, at, at a at a game? Well, one of the best spots you can get. Is one that's going to be relatively close to a restroom um, because if you're, there, you know if you're going to be out there you know eating and drinking all day um, you know you you don't want to make it a you know a half mile hike to uh, you know to, to hit the john yeah uh, that's a that's yeah. a bad one when you especially since usually when you're drinking you kind of wait yeah till the very last second then you're like oh god I gotta go yeah and, and then you get there and there's 25 people in line in front of you. And, uh, so, so yeah, so I was, you know, I I say, you know, tailgating is kind of like real estate, you know, location, location, location. You want to get a spot that's, you know, close to a restroom, but not too close. You don't want to, uh, you know, be, uh, you you want the grill, uh, odors to be the only thing that walks through the air. Uh, but, uh, you know, something were close to the restroom and then, you know, depending on the season and, and location, you know, I could. You know, if you're going to a football game in Texas in September, it's going to be freaking hot. I mean, it's it's going to be close to 100 degrees because um, that's what it is in Texas in September. So you need something. You know, some type of shelter 
that's going to uh, you know keep you from from the elements. So uh, you know a canopy or covered uh, you know anything to provide you know relief from the uh, from the sun. Uh, there's this cool product, and, and they're, they're called evaporative coolers. So it's nothing new on the technology side, but there's a, a couple of companies that uh, one of them's called Hess Air, another one's called Arizona Air Coolers, and they have built tailgate models for their evaporative coolers. They, they weigh about 30 pounds. I think they hold like six or seven gallons of water, so you got to prepare to you know bring the water. But uh, you hook that up and um, you fill it with water, and it will last for you know pretty much the entire time you're going to be out there tailgating, and it will cool off the ambient temperature by a good 10 to 15 degrees. Um, um, and it's trust me, a welcome relief. We got we got we were at the Texas A&M Arkansas game a few years ago, and I think it was like 102 at kickoff, and we had one of those set up, and these co-eds from uh, Arkansas came over and like, uh, do you mind if we cool off? And like, uh, absolutely, ladies, <laughs> stand as close to it as you want. <laughs> and uh, they're like, this thing is awesome. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's it works really well. And then conversely, you know, if you're in Chicago in December going to a game at, uh, you know, Soldier Field, uh, chances are it's going to be pretty cold. And so, you know, plan your, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, you know, set up some type of, you know, environment where, you know, block yourself, you know, shield yourself from some of the elements. And and like they have these coolers, well, they've also got these, you know, small enough portable heaters that you get those plugged in that – Will uh, kind of help warm up the, uh, the the atmosphere, if you will. But uh, really, though, it, 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 at the end of the day, man, it's just it's just you know have fun, at whatever you have fun with, and like I said, just you know don't be an ass, <laughs> and uh, you know share with the, with everyone who comes by because that's that's what tailgating is all about man it, it's one of the few I, I tell people it's like man in, in today's society where everyone has their head down in their smartphone you know x number of hours a day it's one of the few you know what i call last you know great social interaction uh, opportunities that, that that are out there it's just it is i mean you've got a parking lot of you know forty thousand people that are all interested in doing the same thing that you're interested in doing where else is that going to happen yeah no that's i mean that's completely true that is such a uh such a true statement right there man i want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast hanging out with us it's almost been an hour we're having a i'm having a great time this is i'm learning tons about tailgating i don't tailgate that much uh it's cold up here in, in chicago and uh I, I just don't do it. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't. That doesn't mean I don't grill year round. I just don't want to go stand in the cold. Um, and you can't tailgate at hockey games. It's not really possible. They don't really let you in the parking lot, um, at least early enough to actually do anything. So no one really does it, and I I, I don't really go to Bears games. So <laughs> well, it's you know it, it's funny because you know I, I I've I've been to uh, you know I've been to Wrigley and, and you can't tailgate at Wrigley. Well, there's um, no there's no parking lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and likewise, it, I, I've been to Fenway in Boston, and you, you can't tailgate there. You you can't tailgate at Yankee Stadium. So you know there's a lot of places where you just you know where you can't tailgate but interesting enough you know you can't tailgate for a cubs game but you damn sure can for a chicago white Sox game in fact That's we wrote a true. story on white Sox tailgating uh oh this is like a year or so ago uh 
about this group of guys that they've been doing it for years and years and uh, wrote a story about them. It, it's just, I, I think, you know, the inner city stadiums don't, don't afford the, uh, the, the opportunity to, to do it, but uh, you know, certainly anything that's in, you know, land sprawl or in, in suburbia, uh, certainly the opportunity to do it. But you said something interesting. You know, it's like, you know, man, we just, you know, really just don't go to the games or whatever. It's like, dude, you don't have, you know, I tell you, it's like, it doesn't matter if you go to the games or not. And, and, and in fact, like I said, you don't even have to be a sports fan, but, you know, let's say you are, if you're inviting friends over and you're cooking in the backyard and you're having yep. drinks and you're watching the game on TV, it's, you're doing the same thing, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same exact thing. I'm so, just close uh, enough to that bathroom. Exactly. Prime and, location. <laughs> and, and the, uh, the, the beers are more affordable in the backyard than they are inside the, uh, inside the gates of the stadium. And, uh, yeah. Restroom lines shorter, beers cheaper, and uh, uh, you, you know you're not going to run across any, any jerks because they're your friends that are all coming over. Yeah, you still might. You never know. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know so, sometimes when Bob has too much to drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens. But but other than that. <laughs> like I said, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us. The way I kind of like ending up our podcast is, is kind of a fun with a fun little question. And it's very simple. If you could, if you could go back in your tailgating career, from all you know now, what are three tips you would give yourself for shortening your learning curve? Um, make a a, a tailgate checklist for sure, because that way you've got everything written down so that you know that you can take it out. Used to just like, oh yeah, we got everything, but no, make 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 a tailgate checklist for sure and that way there's no denying it you check off paper towels check paper plates check napkins check utensils check mustard check um, that's the first thing that i would do second thing i would do would probably um not take myself so seriously um because at first i was thought man, you got to get everything perfect. And if you don't do it right, people are going to laugh or think you're, you know, at the end of the day, man, if you're giving away free food and drinks, people don't care what you're doing. I just just like, man, I just, you know, I I was such a, you know, trying to be a perfectionist that I just said, oh, it's got to be like this. Like, you know, can't have this and music's got to be right. The TV's got to be right and everything. So if I could go back and say, screw it, just do it, have fun with it, and, and don't and don't worry about it. And then the the last thing, and don't ask me why it took me so long to to recognize this, but um, some people like to play games, or excuse me, some people like to just sit there and, and watch the games on, on TV. Other people like to sit there and you will know, have a music section going for those who just want to you know rock out or whatever. But it took me a few to learn like uh, actually people like playing games like ring toss and you know cornhole, bag toss, and uh-huh. throw, uh, uh, bring a football uh, or, or something because you know, like, yeah, it's a football game. People like throwing the football in the parking lot. Uh, it took me a while to you know, to realize that people like doing those things. So yeah, so a checklist. Don't take myself so seriously and uh, bring games to the fun because uh, you'll be amazed at. Uh, how that opens up is you can get a, a, a big a cornhole competition thing going on. Yeah, I mean, those are some amazing tips. Well, thank you. To, Craig, I want to say once again, say thank you so much. If you can do us one last favor, tell everyone where they can find you guys, how they can subscribe, how they can join join Tailgater Magazine and all that kind of fun stuff. Absolutely, and I like you. Thank you for uh, you know for having me. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, go to tailgatermagazine.com. 
Click on subscribe. If you click on the digital edition and, and digital edition, easy for me to say, and or newsletter links, both of those are free. The digital issue is an exact replica of a hard copy, so feel free to pass that on to friends, family, coworkers, you name it. And then if you do want to uh, you know, get a print subscription to the magazine, you click on that as well. I would send that to you for free if my printer and post office didn't charge me, but since they do, I've got to charge you. But either way, there's equal opportunities to, to, to get it there, and certainly appreciate you guys checking us out. And thanks, Mikey, for having me. Thank you. All right. Take care, brother.